to another episode of the Afterthoughts Archive, a digital diary for my future self. My name is Shiro, and I demand a refund. I demand a full refund on being born in this timeline, in this lifetime. Or, like, even if I had to be born in this time, why could I, couldn't I just be a butterfly? Why did I have to be in this human flesh suit? Because trust me, if I had a choice, I never would have chosen the human flesh suit. Especially not in a society that doesn't care for anybody, let alone elders and disabled people. Just today, I went to move my body. Just I tried to change positions on the couch. Just moved a certain way. And my hips cracked. Like, that is, I don't, I don't know if you've ever had your hips cracked. It's just, I don't know, it's so jarring to have that sound come out of that area. It immediately makes me want to pause, drop down, roll. I don't know. It just, ever since I hit my late 20s and left the streets, all my joints sound like the 4th of July. And I just think that that's very unfair. And speaking of settler colonies that celebrate Independence Days on stolen land, if you go on the Israel Times website right now, or whenever you see it, it'll show you a tally of how long they've been in war. Currently, today, the last time I looked at it, it said that they are in day 22 of war. I know I don't speak Hebrew, but the Zionist definition of war is really strange. I've seen young soldiers of the occupation forces doing TikTok dances. I've seen videos of concerned Israelis going on search and rescue missions for celiac-friendly bread. I saw a video of young Israeli officers, soldiers, I don't even know, and one of them definitely had a fresh set of nails. I've never seen anyone with a full set in war. I also haven't seen any get ready with me videos from Palestinian people. They don't get to film a carefree outfit of the day in Gaza by the water. Actually, their war looks a lot like an extermination and war crimes against them in broad daylight. And if that wasn't enough, there's a nasty TikTok trend of Israeli settlers mocking Palestinian people. They have their babies doing this. They put them in it's I won't give that any more time, but I have been quite literally sick to my stomach for most of the past two weeks. Sleep feels unfair. Food doesn't taste good. Not only because I'm witnessing horrors of human extermination, but also because I'm expected to stomach the fact that our money is being funneled to an oppressive regime that is flattening generations in a matter of minutes. And as if that wasn't enough, there's several people in my internet comments right now telling me that I am the villain for sharing that I won't be voting for Biden. One person said, people like you is why abolition of slavery was sidelined for so long. Huh? Huh? Another one said, unfortunately, we have a two-party system. Full stop. Next year, it's Biden or Project 25. I'm like, I'm so tired of the fear tactics. Everywhere it's Project 25, Project 25. Oh my God, it's gonna get bad. It's been bad. It's been so bad. It's only getting worse. It's only been getting worse. People have been saying that. People have been saying that. 
Strangers are telling me that no political party is perfect when we are all standing knee deep in cold blood and I am the one who sounds crazy. Like I just, I need people to let go of the bloodlust, let go of the comforts that are built into these evils and be so very serious right now. Like truly, when I say I really wish I could be a butterfly, a bird, a pigeon, I would be a pigeon. I really do sit and wish that deeply because what is this? What is this? But we're back. And on a slightly more hopeful note, I do want to say that I have been hearing good things about Claudia de la Cruz, Karina Garcia, and Jasmine Sherman. Claudia and Karina are running together as president and vice president, respectively, under the Party of Socialism and Liberation, I believe. Don't at me, that's what Google's for. And Jasmine Sherman is a Black socialist running for president. I don't know if um, Jasmine is running with a mate at this point. I don't believe so. Jasmine is running under the Unicorn Party, and I'm continuing to stay open and keep my ears and eyes listening and seeing things that perk my interest because I'm, I'm about whatever strategy sounds good. If there is a pre-made strategy or somebody suggests something that's better than this that can be collective and impactful, I'm all the way with it. Like, I am not somebody who puts all my belief into voting in the way that we've been brainwashed to do. So yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. I'm open to the right things. I'm not interested in evil versus evil. And yeah, it's really as simple as that for me. And yeah, there's just, I really lack the words to express the feelings that I've felt in having to be a witness to everything, not just Palestine, because birds of a colonizing feather, you know they're always going to flock together. So there's atrocities happening in more than one place right now, and atrocities on a large scale. Learning, I'm currently learning about Congo. We've been hearing about Sudan. It's, it's always money. Like, the colonizers are so unoriginal, they make it so easy for us to connect the dots, and the liberals simply don't want to get it. So, before I go, I want to pass on words that have been swirling around and replaying over and over in my head since a friend shared them with me on a recent call. If they end up listening to this episode, you probably know who you are. <laughs> they read to me um, an excerpt from The Pitfalls of Liberalism by Stokely Carmichael, better known as Kwame Ture. And I'm going to read some excerpts to you. Hope you feel moved by them. Hope you feel held by them, seen by them, angered by them, optimized by them. Optimize? I don't know if that's the word I'm looking for, but whatever makes you feel, I hope it just makes you feel something strongly and preferably to action. Many people want to know why out of the entire white segment of society, we want to criticize the liberals. We have to criticize them because they represent the liaison between both groups, between the oppressed and the oppressor. The liberal tries to become an arbitrator, but he is incapable of solving the problems. 
He promises the oppressor that he can keep the oppressed under control, that he will stop them from becoming illegal. In this case, illegal means violent. At the same time, he promises the oppressed that he will be able to alleviate their suffering in due time. Historically, of course, we know this is impossible, and our error will not escape history. The most perturbing question for the liberal is the question of violence. The liberal's initial reaction to violence is to try to convince the oppressed that violence is an incorrect tactic, that violence will not work, and that violence never accomplishes anything. The Europeans took America through violence, and through violence, they established the most powerful country in the world. Through violence, they maintain the most powerful country in the world. It is absolutely absurd for one to say that violence never accomplishes anything. Most societies in the West are not opposed to violence. The oppressor is only opposed to violence when the oppressed talks about using violence against the oppressor. The only time the United States or England or France will become concerned about the question of violence is when the people whom they arm to kill their enemies will pick up those arms against them. The way the oppressor tries to stop the oppressed from using violence as a means to attain liberation is to raise ethical or moral questions about violence. Is it not violent for a child to go to bed hungry in the richest country of the world? I think that is violent. But that type of violence is so institutionalized that it becomes a part of our way of life. Not only do we accept poverty, we even find it normal. And that again, is because the oppressor makes his violence a part of the functioning society. But the violence of the oppressed becomes disruptive. It is disruptive to the ruling circles of a given society. And because it is disruptive, it is therefore very easy to recognize. And therefore, it becomes the target of all those who in fact do not want to change the society. What we want to do for our people, the oppressed, is to begin to legitimize violence in their minds. So that for us, violence against the oppressor will be expedient. This is very important because we have all been brainwashed into accepting questions of moral judgment when violence is used against the oppressor. What the liberal wants, really wants, is to bring about change which will not in any way endanger his position. The liberal says, it is a fact that you are poor and it is a fact that some people are rich. But we can make you rich without affecting those people who are rich. The liberal never says to the oppressor, you are too extreme in your treatment of the oppressed, because he is powerless among the oppressors, even if he is part of that group. But he has influence, or at least he is more powerful than the oppressed, and he enjoys this power by always cautioning, condemning, or certainly trying to direct and lead the movements of the oppressed. The final confrontation, when it does come about, will of course include the liberal on the side of the oppressor. Therefore, if the oppressed really wants a revolutionary change, he has no choice but to rid himself of those liberals in his rank. And on that note, stay black, stay alive.